This reading is from John chapter 20, verses 19 to 30. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And there ends the reading. Praise Jesus. Our daily exercise has become, for many of us, a very precious thing. We look forward to getting outside in the fresh air for a short while. But even those walks or cycles become tinged with apprehension at the moment. Just as we're greeting people, smiling at them, uh, saying hello, we're also anxious because we don't know whether there is a chance that they might be carrying the virus and might infect us. Uh, recently I noticed that a Canadian filmmaker had made a movie about seven people stuck in a lift and what happened when one of them coughed. We can imagine then how Jesus' disciples might have felt when they were walking through the narrow streets of Jerusalem, looking around them, looking at the people that they met, wondering whether they each might represent a hidden enemy, somebody who might betray them and hand them in. No way of knowing who is safe and who is not. And then how arriving they locked themselves into the room, bolting the door behind them for safety. John tells us that they were locked in their room out of fear. And as they were there cowering together, Jesus arrived and stood amongst them. And he spoke these words, peace be with you. And in that moment, everything was transformed for them. The fear was changed into joy as they reached out their hands to grasp him, to touch his hands and his sides, and understood that it really was Jesus. Now, we weren't there, so we can't know exactly what they experienced. But it's likely that disciples were trapped in that room, not just by the locked door, but by their own fear. So as we distance ourselves behind our locked doors, 
Are we just locked in physically? Or are we also locked in by that all-encompassing fear that's fanned by the addictive and constant media reports that we hear? Those charts that show us how infections are rising and the death rate is rising and the predictions of how long this lockdown is going to go on. Or maybe the, also the real fears about what will happen to our futures, for our livelihood, both for ourselves, for our families and our friends. For the disciples, when Jesus came to be amongst them, the circumstances in which they found themselves hadn't changed. But the way they saw it changed completely. Because until that point, they had felt that they were on their own and had no hope and no possibility. But when Jesus was there and spoke those words of peace, it changed everything. They knew that God would be with them through Jesus. And although many of them went on to face many challenges and even death, the fear had gone. Now John's telling us this story for a reason, because he wants us to be sure of the truth because he wants us to know that we too can experience the same blessings that those first disciples experienced in Jesus, that extraordinary gift of peace. In John chapter 14, John explains to us that uh, Jesus said that the peace that he gives is completely different from any peace that the world can give. But how do we know? How are we sure? How far we trust a gift and that it's genuine will depend very much on how far we trust the giver. So, for example, when I'm on holiday and somebody comes up with a, a board full of watches and offers to sell me a Rolex, a genuine Rolex, mind, for £10, I ask an awful lot of questions. If, on the other hand, somebody that I know who's a watchmaker, very well respected and expert in his field, offers to lend me a Rolex, I can be pretty sure that it's the genuine article. Which is why the story of Thomas, the truth seeker, is so important. He wasn't with Jesus at the time, and he'd only heard the story from the disciples second hand. And that simply wasn't good enough for him. He said, unless I reach out and touch him, put my fingers in his hand and in his side, unless I see him with my own eyes, I am not going to believe. Now, I suspect that Thomas would have been one of those uh, people today who uh, is constantly using Snopes.com, checking out every story and every fact that is purported to be there on Facebook or the internet before he would believe it. Because you see, for Thomas, it was important that he should verify the truth before he believed it especially when so much rested on it. You may have seen the Lord, he said, but I haven't, and I need to before I believe. He perhaps asked the questions that many of us would want to ask, but are too embarrassed. A dear friend of mine, Rob Giles, was a dedicated truth seeker like Thomas. He was a scientist who always wanted to verify the data. And I think in his heart of hearts, he wanted to believe in Jesus. But as a scientist, he just couldn't see the evidence or the proof. He couldn't understand how it could be. And so I suggested one day that he give God a challenge, that he challenged God to reveal himself into a way 
to him in a way that he could not doubt. And he said he was up for it. And uh, he tried it, I think not expecting any answer. But in the end, God spoke to him in ways that he couldn't deny. And he began to follow Jesus. And it made a huge change to his life. And I'm just going to invite Rachel, his wife, to share a few words about what that meant to him and to her. My husband Rob was a scientist and in both his life and work sought the facts on which to base his understanding. Accepting God into his life meant taking that leap of faith, believing in order that he may understand. Initially, the change in Rob was joy at becoming one of God's family. Beyond the fellowship of friendly people at church, there was a deeper belonging. The striving for answers was replaced by an inner contentment, knowing that Jesus was real and loved him. God's timing was perfect, since a few weeks later, Rob was diagnosed with cancer and the prognosis was not straightforward. It was clear to see that Jesus was active in Rob's life. Rob faced the gruelling treatment with a lack of fear, knowing who was in control and that his future was in God's loving hands. Inevitably, there were difficult days ahead and a realisation that Rob would leave us. But we were blessed with a sense of peace and, to use Rob's words, he welcomed God and his kingdom with open arms and a warm heart. Just as my friend Rob found, whatever the circumstances we face, Jesus will be with us. Thomas was reputed to go to India in the first century after Jesus' death and resurrection, where he founded the church. But while he was there, he was uh, murdered by a Hindu leader. But today, the Martoma Church, of which was a congregation that meets in Southville, Bristol, traces their lineage right back to the time of Thomas. Thomas, who was willing to endure all things for the sake of Jesus, who had died and was raised to life. Like Thomas, like Rob, we are reminded today that whatever we face, whether it be life or death, whether it be being alone or with others, God is always with us, and that in the risen Jesus we can find the peace that will sustain us. Amen.